eight Emmys, five Golden Globes, and one incredible conclusion. The Showtime original series Homeland returns for its epic final season. With the world standing at the brink of war, Saul taps a fragile Carrie to return to the Middle East. Afghanistan has changed, but so has Carrie, and no one knows if she can be trusted. With her loyalty in question, will she be branded a hero or a traitor? Claire Danes and Mandy Patinkin star. New episodes of the final season of Homeland are now streaming only on Showtime. Wow, look at that. Hey, everybody, it's hey, uh, Monday. Yeah. We just got caught watching there. It's the 24th hey, thank you, Jay. of thank February. You. Thanks for counting us in, Jay. It's, 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 Jay it's all is good. just yeah. the most warped human being imaginable. Jay, stop talking. The show is on. February 24th, 2020. Hi, everybody. My name is Luke Thomas. That is Brian Campbell. We are the hosts of Morning Combat. How are you? We did not realize we had animation today. The animation looked pretty good, Brian I Campbell. I can't wait till we get a theme song. You know that guy on our team, Corey, the... Uh, the Bootleg Justin Timberlake. I want, I want him to kind of soulfully put together like a uh, like a like a soul pack. You mean McLovin? Yeah, yeah. I want that guy. Yeah. To, I want that guy to bring in just some soul, some feel. You know, because this show it's it, uh, a lot of passion. Luke, this show has a lot of passion. All right, it certainly does. Uh, we hope you are doing well. We have a big, big show today. We're going to talk about Wilder Fury two. We're going to talk about UFC Auckland and a bunch of stuff in between. And before we get to any of that, Brian. We gotta say, first of all, thank you to everybody who keeps subscribing, who keeps watching. Showtime is paying attention to what you're saying and what you're doing, and they're liking it, but we gotta keep yeah, it going. Look, here's the deal, people. We still got this dream that you just can't shake it, right? And we love we love them to the point we can no longer take, but we need you to go where we think this thing can go. And it's not, I've seen some of the comments are, oh, we better hurry up and subscribe before Showtime drops them. No, this isn't Save the Kids Telethon where Uncle Jesse gets the Beach Boys to try to make everybody feel good. You and I are driven people, Luke. We know right here in this, in this incubator, there's something special. Some of our parts are touching. There's something happening here being built. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take this thing a long way, Luke. The right? only way to get us from where we are to the next stage is, of course, to like the video. That's great. But more importantly, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. You look comfortable during that little monologue. I well, you just can't get through five seconds of conversation without going, dicks. Dicks everywhere, dicks. No, no, um, so please, subscribe, 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 subscribe. That's how we get to the next level, okay? Now, this gentleman, Brian Campbell from CBS Sports, was in Las Vegas. And why was he in Las Vegas? Well, let's get the show started, Brian Campbell, because topic number one, this was the crown jewel of the combat sports weekend. Anthony, Anthony Joshua, what am I saying? Tyson Fury defeats Deontay Wilder via TKO in the seventh round. Deontay's corner throws the towel controversially. We'll talk about that. But the bigger story here is that Tyson Fury absolutely dummied Deontay Wilder. This was not competitive at any point. Not to the first round, not to the seventh round, nothing. He is now your WBC heavyweight champion, Brian Campbell. There is so much to unpack from this, but you were there. I saw your hit on CBS Sports about it. So let's go to you first on this one. Tell me what the most significant aspect is of this Fury win over Deontay Wilder. That you have this great heavyweight in Tyson Fury, this unique force, but had been such a eccentric person in career where it's like, we know his talent's great, but he only had, what, one and a half great wins coming in. The Klitschko upset and the draw with, uh, with Wilder in the first fight, which we thought was a win. He'd been erratic. He'd been in and out of the lineup. He'd been playing up or down to the level of his competition. And he has one hole in his game. He's not a finisher. And yet for the biggest fight of his career... Two months before, he switches trainers, switches mindsets, switches strategy, and walks in there against the biggest puncher of our era and knocks him out and calls his own shot. 
Like this is folk hero shit. This is Paul Bunyan. This is George Foreman at age 45 knocking out Michael Moore. This is sort of like a pinch me, I remember where I was. I was there, I was in the damn arena at the MGM Grand. To be able to see somebody who we knew was, was great or had the potential on his best night to be great, to just do something that doesn't make any sense. A, a, a supposed light-punching defensive genius is just like, F it. I'm going to walk this guy down and knock him out. Now, there's a lot of details into that. Professor Salt and Pepper this week, folks, you got to check out Dissected. Luke gets it. Luke can hear Jimmy on this. Obviously, there was a giant advantage for Fury coming in in technique. We all knew that. But to literally walk down the biggest puncher in this game and just declare, I'm not only the heavyweight of this moment, we would love to see him against Anthony Joshua, believe me, but I'm not only the heavyweight of this moment, but I might be an all-time great because what just happened out there is like they're going to they're gonna build a statue to this guy one day. Like this was some crazy shit, Luke. The Big Lead is an interesting website. I like the Big Lead, but they had made a comment that Tyson Fury is the heir to Floyd Mayweather. And I thought, well, that's right and that's wrong. It's wrong in the sense that if you're talking about who's the biggest combat sports star now that Floyd is retired or whatever the hell he's going to do, then it's Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is the biggest combat sports star. People say, what about Canelo? Dude, Canelo's fight against Kovalev up two weight classes. Their own broadcaster and promoter made him wait two hours so that two guys who are not as popular as him could, as, as McGregor, could then fight first. So I, I think Canelo is much more paid. I don't think he's the biggest combat sports star. But if we're talking just boxing, maybe it even is still Canelo. Boy, Tyson Fury is nipping at his heels. This was a star making performance because he had what? The first fight with, with uh, Wilder did, I think, about 300,000 plus pay-per-view buys. Then he goes to the two fights on ESPN Plus, which were not that well known. And then he comes out with this one. You guys okay in the back, by the way? Yeah, Hopefully, yeah, exactly. you, can get, hopefully you can get it together. The lapel. Oh, oh, I got the lapel set up better. Jay is running time, the show. Right? How good could it be? But the point being is, 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 number one, this was his best performance. This is much better than the Klitschko performance. This was much better than the first uh, Fury performance. And even against overmatched opposition, could you believe that Derek Chisora land lasted longer than Deontay Wilder did? Don't, don't be smirched Del Boy on Well, this, this is better, my right? point. It's like he's a better boxer, but he was so outmatched in that one. But from a physicality standpoint, from a boxing standpoint, you would have thought, well, Wilder already went 12 rounds with him. He'll last longer than, than Chisora. And no, he didn't. So to me, this was about two things for Tyson Fury. To me, he turned a corner as a star in the sport in this country and worldwide. Hit on that. And, and we'll talk about it in just a second. And number two, we'll also get to this, but I think that's your best heavyweight in boxing. Tyson You're Fury right. is the best heavyweight in boxing. I think he walks walks through. I think he beats Anthony Joshua. We already saw what he did to Deontay Wilder. I would love to see Andy Ruiz fight, maybe even Luis Ortiz, if somehow you could make it all. But right now, that performance told me that it's not the Gypsy King, it's just the King. Tyson Fury, all hail. Him. And I, you know, and I came in here on the show last week and everywhere else, CBS HQ, my podcast, all that, and said, look, like this idea of Tyson Fury calling his shot for a knockout, no one believed second round KO, right? But the idea that this could happen when you put together the skills and the size, I mean, when he adds nearly 20 pounds of muscle, Luke, and comes in at 6'9, 273, and has a 40 pound weight advantage over Wilder and knows how to lay all over him and be quasi-dirty. It was in play. A knockout was possible, even though it, it just seems on the surface as so ridiculous. But the fact that he goes out there and does it, Luke, does it without controversy, does it start to finish completely one-sided, you're right. This is how you make a damn star. Because I saw a lot of, this brings out the casuals, and it should, Luke. When you get a heavyweight title matchup that means this much, and you have players on this level with the personalities, the look, the, the records, the styles, all that, it should matter. I go on Facebook and see the casuals in my life, right? 
And they're like, you know, finally boxing has stars again that, that can cross over. Well, no, boxing always has stars. Tyson Fury's been doing this song and dance crap for years and has been incredible at it. But the best are fighting the best right now. In fact, you saw a two-network pay-per-view. You saw Bob Arum and Al Heyman come together. And all week, every single person in the media room, anywhere you talk to, is like, this is the easiest fight week I've ever seen, which it certainly bodes well for the future of people working together. But it takes fights like this that the public cares about to make those big-time stars. And I think he's not bigger than Conor McGregor, but here's what he is. We haven't had an American face since Floyd Mayweather retired. Manny Pacquiao's still around. Manny Pacquiao has a giant audience, right? But the U.S. hasn't taken Canelo on a mainstream level and fully embraced him, right? You can argue Triple G is more popular in the States than Canelo. Canelo has, doesn't speak English. He's absolutely amazing, but it's still a boxing niche thing. Tyson Fury, with this win, with the way that Fox and ESPN promoted him, he's now the most popular boxer in the United States. How could he not be when you have the personal story, you have the singing and dancing and all that stuff, and then you have a performance like that? Again, had he just completely bamboozled him for 12 rounds and did the defensive shifty stuff, we would have stood up and applaud. But no, he walked the guy down and, and was probably going to knock him out anyway if the corner didn't save him. Again, this is rumble in the jungle in the modern era. I mean, maybe, you know, Deontay Wilder's not George Foreman and Tyson Fury's not Muhammad that's Ali. A big, that's a big comparison. But the idea of doing the impossible, doing what your skill set wouldn't seem to make sense, going in there with that much danger, calling your shot and pulling it off. I mean, when Ali did that and you had Ali Pumaye and, and Zaire and you had all the, the, the kids that, that suddenly saw a folk hero emerge in front of them, mm -hmm. being in the arena, there was a lot of young English boys there all dressed in pinstripe suits, all trying to get close to Tyson during the entrance. I've never, I've never seen kids at boxing matches on this level. Can you imagine well, what they're... you got to go to those Jake Paul fights, apparently. They're a good point. Could you imagine what they're thinking? Like, we just saw somebody do something that's just absolutely he'll be, ridiculous. He'll be... He, he, our Tyson was Mike Tyson. Their Tyson will be Tyson Fury. To me, you know, it's kind of funny. We've been over the Klitschko era for a while. You know, uh, obviously he lost to Tyson Fury. He lost to Anthony Joshua. Like, the, the, the shift already happened. But I don't think that the casual sports-watching audience had really either understood or even accepted that. Because, look, you had Anthony Joshua emerge, and then he loses to Andy Ruiz, so they had to do that rematch, and it wasn't particularly exciting, and they fought in Saudi Arabia. Joshua got his belts back. That's all fine. He earned the fight or the, the win. That's okay. And then you had this draw between uh, Fury and Wilder in the first fight. So no one had really kind of put their stamp on the division and, and said, I'm the new leader. This was the nail in the coffin of the Klitschko era. Now folks can firmly say, wow, we really are past that. This is a new dawn for heavyweight boxing. We now have a North Star, so to speak, in Tyson Fury. Now, Deontay Wilder will be back. We'll talk about that in a second. Anthony Joshua is as viable a contender, or well, a contender, but, you know, a, an opponent and a challenger and a boxer as everything else, as well as a star-making attraction. Uh, nevertheless, though, I finally felt like, okay, we have turned the page from the old impression of what heavyweight boxing has been to, yes, not, not the most clued-in audience, but the not most clued-in audience is the biggest audience. They need firm, firm confirmation. Boy, that was this. And they need, you know, look, the audience still tuned in for the biggest Floyd Mayweather fights, right? He still did monster pay-per-view numbers because he was a master seller. Not, for, but the, the not for the Berto fight. Well, come on, that was just bad matchmaking. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Showtime. But for the casual fans, Luke, they still paid the money, tuned in, and then were like, "Man, I don't get it. That was a boring fight." Blah blah blah. There's there's nothing boring about this. This is how you make this is how this is how you become a star. And I think for Fury, because he's so polarizing, he hits every audience base perfectly. If you're only watching him because he's got this great mental health comeback story, you're hooked. If you're only watching him because you used to remember him going online and ripping 
every nationality or group or, or sex or whatever, you might think this guy's some badass. If you only care because he walked down that slugger and knocked him out, suddenly you've, you've built a, a nation of fans. I think that this is a guy who has a special kind of magic around him, like, like I compared in the past to Conor McGregor and Ali, and I think this fan base is, like, talk about a gamble that Bob Arum and company did wow. by throwing money at and co-promoting him at that time when you're like, okay, he had the draw against Wilder, but can he keep the train on the tracks? And even this past year, when Fury had two wins, I mean, he almost lost the title to Otto, Otto Valin by, right. by a massive cut. And to see him then when the lights are the brightest, and that's when you know Fury's an actual all-timer, when the lights are the absolute brightest, this guy exceeds your expectations Dude, of what he can do. Walking up to Patsy Cline was so ballsy, so genius. He didn't have the flair for the dramatic in the way that Adesanya dancing did, per se, but in terms of just utter confidence and the risk you run if you lose, it was amazing to see. I'll say this, too, about Tyson Fury. It needs to be said. If you watched the, the, the first fight with Wilder and then you watched... The German scrub who he waxed. Schwa- the Schwaz, yeah. The Schwaz, yes. May the Schwaz be And then with you, Otto yeah. Wallin, you didn't get the sense that you, you always knew Tyson was a good boxer. You kind of alluded to it. You always kind of knew Fury was ahead of the game if he really needed to be, if he needed to jab his way to 12 rounds. Dude, I was very skeptical that switching to Sugar Hill Stewart was the right idea. I, I, had, I did have George Lockhart on my radio show, and he did confirm for me. So he, he assuaged some of my concerns about the weight. So I was less concerned about the weight. But I don't know, I, I think Ben Davison is a credible coach. I think he's a good trainer, and I, I like where his head was at. I thought, he, he, I thought they had a winning game plan the first time. But, dude, wow, we have to say it. Tyson Fury has leveled up. I'm not saying he can't go back and do the jab 12 rounds if he needs to, depending on the styles. But this was the point about the first fight. The first fight was just sort of avoid the worst of Deontay. This was... Avoid the worst of Deontay by never letting Deontay get out of first gear. It's, Absolutely. The boxer became the puncher, Luke. He right. stepped to the bully, and the bully had nothing left. And this, this is not... Th- and by the way, the bully is, had more to give because Wilder was willing to go out and this, everything. This is why I, don't, I think Anthony Joshua might be, be, might be in trouble. You have, in the case of Fury now, he can go two ways with it. He can go forward if he needs to to dominate. He can back up if he needs to to be slick yeah. about it. Every space of that ring he commands... I think it's not just that he got a dominating win or that the Klitschko era is over, that a new star is born, or that the boxing powers that be work together. All of that is true. Dude, he got better. He got way better. That was a brilliant game plan, and it shows us not only is I think he the best heavyweight on the planet, he's the most versatile boxer in the heavyweight division, certainly at the elite level. And it's always hard to compare eras, but it becomes fun when you start doing the how great could Tyson Fury be if he adds a couple more big wins and rounds out the resume a little more. When you're comparing a guy who's six foot nine with that skill set, Luke, you can you can play mythical matchup with anybody in history because he's got he's got. I mean, look, he, he completely well-rounded himself. He's got everything. So let, let's go to the next one here. I'm going to go to you again on this one, too. The big question now is, as it always is in combat sports, you get a big win, and then people always say, well, what is next? Now, Eddie Hearn, the promoter of Matchroom Boxing, has a deal with DAZONE. Anthony Joshua's deal, according to Brian Campbell, which we'll talk about in just a second, it's not exclusive, per se, and all the powers that be are saying, we're going to make it happen. If sometime in the summer, we're going to find a way to get Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury together. Brian Campbell, please go first. What is the likelihood of that? And we'll talk about how big it will be in just a second. But first, let's talk about some of the obstacles to making that happen such as they exist. Well, I do want to say I think it'd be the biggest fight in boxing you can make. The biggest fight in boxing right now is Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury for all the belts. The, I don't care if you do it on... dead serious question. Is that, and I'm, and I'm not doing a bit, what sells more pay-per-views? That, which, by the way, will be in the U.K., which will hurt its pay-per-view could numbers. Could be in Saudi Arabia. could be on the moon. I don't care. I think it's still going to 
Mayweather and McGregor too. See, that's not that's not a real. It's fight. not real boxing. Not a real I understand. Bo- I mean, I understand. okay, Touche, Maypack two might even eclipse it okay. just on the. But star to part. your point, okay. Um, it's not going to happen this year, and we got to wake up to this. It's not going to happen this year because business and money talk. So here's the deal. I think that was that fight uh, was exceptionally promoted, especially the last two weeks, especially fight week, wall to wall, everywhere you look. I thought ESPN did a phenomenal job. Every single corner, FS1, ESPN, whatever, it was this fight wire to wire. They did an incredible job. That means you're probably going to see great receipts. Deontay Wilder has 30 days to cash in or to trigger this automatic rematch clause. Um, There's a lot we can talk about here. Wilder took a ton of damage. You know, was the corner right in stopping when they did? We can get into all that. We will. But here's the deal. Wilder's in every single fight. And even though Fury was incredibly dominant and amazing in this fight, that wasn't Wilder. I feel like there's going to be some excuse that comes up, right? He did say after the fight when saying, I'm not going to make excuses. He referenced some personal problems. There's some feeling of a leg injury. I just feel like something's going to pop up. It won't take away from Tyson Fury's win, but you can go back and watch that, and you did. That's not Deontay Wilder. That's not the Deontay Wilder we know. He took, a, he took a horrendous beating, but I know the fighter that's inside of him and the warrior, and when you have that style where you could knock somebody out at any time, we're going to see this third fight. The promoters and managers and powers that be are going to make sure of it. You have to believe that at this point. And also, for as great as Fury is, and he's proven now twice in my eyes that he's better than Wilder, he's, Wilder's still in that fight. Wilder's still in that fight in a big way. We're going to see that fight. This he's year. in the, he's in that fight in a big way promotionally, and I think some of the obstacles you are. We're going to talk more about it with Anthony Joshua in just a second. But I have to tell, we'll do, we'll get to Wilder in just a second. But I really disagree. He's in that fight. He looked that way, where he was just sort of like a lamb to the slaughter because Tyson Fury made him look that way. Oh, he got he got dominated from start I'm to finish. I'm not saying that Wilder equilibrium shots change fights, as when Anthony Joshua enough. got hit by Ruiz. I'm not saying a third round. fight would look exactly the same, or that Wilder can't make adjustments. Obviously, he can. And you're right; you still got that nuclear power. You never know. And he did land a couple of those on Fury a little bit early. I was like, mm, this two could in be the first round. Fury moved with it, but he took. But he there took it is. We we knew there was a gap in skill before. Mm-hmm. We thought it was this. It is this, dude. It is a major difference in skill. Wilder's got an uphill climb for the third one. But still, if they want it, for folks who are like, why can't they just make it between Joshua and Fury now? What is the contractual right, the situation? Deal. So Joshua fights on DAZN. Ever since DAZN launched, he's been sort of the face, along with Canelo, of what they do. But he's not, he's not uh, exclusively tied with them. It was sort of a smart loophole that Eddie Hearn tied in there. So for the idea of if a Wilder-Joshua Super Bowl became so big, they could make it happen. From everyone I asked, from everyone using logic here, uh, the male and female parts still don't come together. And that means DAZN, who came on the board to kill pay-per-view and become the streaming force, how are they going to join up with a pay-per-view provider? You know, it's different when HBO and Showtime came together for Maymac or for Maypack. It's different when Fox and ESPN just came together for this fight. These are two companies that do pay-per-view. DAZN doesn't do that. So for Fury Joshua to happen next, well, first of all, Wilder would have to say no. And if Wilder's saying no to this, then I think you have to have major questions if he's even going to continue in his career because that would be such a disastrous one loss that, I mean, that's not who Wilder is. I'm saying just on Wilder's reputation and his personality, mm-hmm. he's taking this fight. But you would need that, that fight to be refused. And then personally, I think you would need Anthony Joshua to basically say, hey, Dazone, we had a good run, but I got to go over there to, to mainstream pay-per-view again. So, I, I know you tried to kill pay-per-view. I got to go over here to mainstream pay-per-view, and we got to make this happen. Give me a, uh, give the listeners here and the viewers, give us a plausible scenario of how it could happen. Talk, talk to us about the mechanics of how you make a deal here. Um, it depends on the backroom money situation, okay? What we do know is that Deontay Wilder 
what, like last year, was offered $120 million deal from DAZN for four fights, guaranteed two of them against Joshua, the generational wealth he was talking about, and he turned that down. Some of that was to sort of be in control of his own career. Like, what if he, you know, blew up and had the opportunity to make a fight like Fury or a third one like Fury? He wouldn't have that control. DAZN would. He gave that up. So for it to happen... Unless Anthony Joshua says, sorry, DAZN, I got to go make this money on pay-per-view, yep. I would feel it would have to be a two-fight deal in which one fight would be on DAZN and a rematch would be on ESPN pay-per-view or, or whatever the setup was. I don't think you can, unless DAZN tomorrow says, hey, guys, I know we tried to kill pay-per-view. I know we're trying to do the streaming thing, but this fight's so big, it's got to be regular pay-per-view, so we're going, I don't think that happens. How do you do a two-fight deal, though? I mean, yes, you can trigger a rematch, but, like, what if the first fight is either so boring no one wants to see it or so deeply uncompetitive that no one wants to see a second one. You just do it anyway. Yeah. Because then the person who gets the second of those two fights, or the person, the entity, whether it's DAZN or ESPN, who gets the second of those two fights is on the losing end of the deal automatically. Uh, depending how, I guess, well, I guess it would depend on the rev split, right? But still, you know, the, it's, the, it's a harder, it's a, it's a very difficult case and to And certainly make. the wild card is somebody like a Saudi Arabia who comes in and is just like, I've got a billion dollars for you guys to make this fight. That's the kind of thing where you can then go, okay, well, then the networks, figure still, it out, the yeah. networks may not matter as much. You know, I, I, it's all kind of gray, but... Where how, should they put the fight should be in, the, in Wembley, yeah? It's the biggest fight in, in England, English boxing history by far. Oh, I mean, English, English boxing I right mean, now is, is hot. Uh, oh, it's been hot for a few years now. I mean, you, I mean, they did, you know, George Groves and Carl Frotch in front of 80,000. No, but I'm like saying this giant now, you've got, now you've got, in multiple weight classes, you've got real standout star attractions. I mean, ideally, I guess it'd be there, but if it's there... Then it's on at 5 in the afternoon on right. a Saturday. But, you know, that's sort of our East Coast bias here. Who really cares what time it's on, what day it is, what country it is, what planet it's on? Just get it in front of us. We need to see it at the yeah. end of the day. It would be amazing, just the same. Now, this brings all of us to a question about Deontay Wilder. So let's go there. Boy, that was a bad loss he took uh, against Tyson Fury on Saturday. Now, you were telling me before the show, because I did not hear this when I did Dissected, um, that there is no burst eardrum. Yahoo's Kevin Ioli reporting that it was just a two or three centimeter cut that okay. bled throughout the whole fight. Still, he No broken jaw, no broken eardrum. Fair enough, which is good to hear because those are much more difficult injuries to get over. But nevertheless, he appeared to have equilibrium issues after getting dropped in that third round from that point forward, whether it was an eardrum, apparently not, or something else. The question is where he goes from here. So let's talk about that. You're saying he probably should and will invoke the rematch clause. Now, whether he will, I suspect... Well, should is an interesting thing, okay? Here, well, let me, let me make this point then because whether he will or whether he won't, I get the idea that... There is a lot of growth that is possible. Even at his advanced age, he's actually older than Fury. Still, in terms of the game plan he could employ, in terms of some... I haven't said that. Remember, we said last week, he didn't have to change a whole lot to fight the Fury that I thought he was going to fight, add some things in, and he did go to the body. You did see some feints. It's just that Fury took it all away. But here's my point. I don't know if the folks around him are really best situated to get him where he needs to go, Brian. First of all, you had his head trainer, whether he was doing it for effect or not, saying, I don't think that they should have thrown the towel. You, you are out of your if, mind. If he's, if he's not just trying to get Deontay's back, almost to just say, look, I, I, Deontay, I got your back. You, you know, you, they shouldn't have thrown it. You're tough, all that. If it's, if it's really that he believes that... Um, that's, but even if you do that, Brian, I, you're still... I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped. Right. I'm, I'm literally just, Here's like, the thing. he if, took a beating. Fine. You take your guys back in the media, and then privately you tell them something different. Okay, I understand the strategy. You're still spreading cancerous ideas. And the guy who threw the towel, forgive me his name. Mark Breland. Mark Breland. 
Did that? Did he save Tyson? Or sorry, he saved Deontay Wilder. He was the adult a in the corner. Savage beating. Yeah. So I give him all the credit. And, and in the people world. have to wake up. This isn't the kind of potential beating. Had he hung on for another three, four rounds, this isn't the kind of beating that we're just like, oh, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same I mean, in the ring. Altering beating. This is like a life-altering, life-ending type thing. Because uh, pillow fisted or not, uh, Tyson Fury six nine two seventy three. He was leaning. Into and him. I mean, this is you know. And when he was against the ropes, where, where you're just absorbing. I mean, that wasn't rope a dope. That was just rope. But I do uh, want to just bring up one thing. Equilibrium shots consistently, just like a body shot to the liver can end a fight at any point, mm-hmm. equilibrium shots change people. They're never the same in the middle of a fight. Andy Ruiz Jr., the big shot that hurt Anthony Joshua in round three was an equilibrium shot. He was dizzy, couldn't get his legs back under him the rest of the time. People remember Miguel Cotto, Sergio Martinez. I know there were a million knockdowns in that fight and Sergio had a bad knee, but that first shot was equilibrium. He was never the same. I, I tend to believe here that as much as Deontay did get whitewashed start to finish, that equilibrium shot completely changed the fight. Fair enough. But even before that, he was getting murked. So let's just be clear about that. But this is my point. We saw that Fury, you could make a case, obviously, we thought he did win the first time out. But I thought it was so, frankly, ballsy to go and then change your trainer. And not just change the trainer, change the mindset. I'm going to be the bully. Change the tactics. Change the strategy. Change everything. And it paid huge dividends. I'm going to say this. Deontay Wilder cannot win against Tyson Fury in all likelihood if he doesn't. Yes, I know he's got a nuclear bomb in his right hand. Didn't do him fuck all good on Saturday night against this Tyson Fury. And yes, if they fought 100 times, maybe he'd find a way to land it. But in all likelihood, this is the thing. Everyone's like, oh, we've always known about Deontay's weaknesses. Right, but they got to live behind the reality of a right hand. What happens when this is taken away? Well, now the, the bad parts about his boxing get magnified, and he was made to pay for them, Brian Campbell. And I'm telling you, that here's the other part about this. If I can look at what little old me, a nobody, can look at what Tyson Fury was doing and finding ways to have an effect, again, before the equilibrium shot on Deontay Wilder, dude, he set a bit of a blueprint here. That's the big takeaway for me. Deontay Wilder got audited. And, and Tyson Fury, I'm not saying, listen to me, I know what you're going to say. Not every other boxer is... Tyson Fury. Not, not only that, I'm going to say there's only, I've said it all, the whole buildup. There's one man who was able to do what happened on Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Because who else is 6'9 with that brain, with that heart? He, with he all is that. the king and the king alone. I will not argue with that. What I'm telling you is any good boxer and good boxing trainer is going to look at that and say, well, maybe we can't take that. My guy can't do that. But he can do that. And he can do that. And maybe they don't even win. But I'm telling you, the threat that is Deontay Wilder, if he doesn't make changes, if it's just that same one, he just got a lot less dangerous. Yeah, there's, there's, he's at a potential crossroads here, you know, being, I know heavyweight's aged late. I know he didn't start fighting until he's 19. I know he's, what, 34? But this potentially is a crossroads fighter of are you still super elite or, or did this fight forever change you? You still don't know. Wilder had never lost before. And the only quasi lost that, the, the draw, he barely took any damage. So you don't know on any fighter, Luke, how they bounce back mentally from getting absolutely devastated. Um, I'm not willing to count Deontay Wilder out yet because... I mean, if, if you could have one attribute in that situation, you'd take his power, really, of, any, of anything else. But answer this for me. I'll, it's just a question. Do you think that his trainers and the people around him have just basically said, look, you've got game-changing power. We're not really going to do much with the rest of this. It's rather fair than to say, say that Rather now. than saying, you've got game-changing power and we still need to b- build things around It's fair us. to say that in hindsight from what we just saw, but... I do think Wilder has been underrated 
in terms of his fight IQ and setup. What J. Dees and Mark true. Breland have done a great job through the years is basically do what, kind of what you just said. Okay, we know he's awkward. We know we can't reteach him. I mean, look, he came to the sport at 19. People like Tyson Fury, who are sort of the rare ones, you know, like a Floyd Mayweather, when they're two, three, four years old, they know they're going to be a fighter, right? They're already, it's, it, they, you know, they grow up in it. It's different. You're never going to make Deontay Wilder a perfect boxer. But is it fair now to say there were maybe potential levels of growth that just didn't happen, that maybe they send, I mean, it's easy to say that now in hindsight. I wouldn't be against if he changed up teams completely. And I don't say that as a panic move. Oh, you lost suddenly, so let's kick these guys to the curb. Maybe add in a new influence. How many times have we seen that? How many times have we seen great fighters? There's certain great fighters like an Oscar De La Hoya who regularly sought out different trainers and switched and found different grooves. Miguel Cotto is another one who really kind of was defensive for a few years with Pedro Diaz, then found for Freddie Roach and found out how to be offensive again and was just happy with that. You may find somebody who just gets it and can, and can, and can speak to Deontay a certain way and get a different side out of him. He's still only 34. Heavyweights age late. I don't feel like we have to start saying, oh, the third fight's a cash-out. I don't, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think by any means. The third fight is not a cash-out provided he makes changes. Provided he does the same thing that got him there on Saturday night, you, you like his chances? Because I sure as hell don't. I, I wouldn't predict him Dude, that to was, win the third fight, but I'm bro, not going to that was Master Yoda versus Luke Skywalker. Dude, that was not I've been on the Tyson Fury train from day one-ish, okay? You don't have to teach me that. My point is, I also know who Deontay Wilder is. And let's say we have a third fight, Okay. Let's say Tyson Fury is having big-time success early, but not the kind of, like, equilibrium shot, damage, knocked him down type of success. Deontay Wilder's still going to be in that fight. That punch did not land by accident. The punch landed by virtue of the very specific strategy and tactical approach. He was going to get bombed on. I'm the guy on this show who said the knockout could happen. I believe that. Fair enough, dude. I'll give you all the credit in the world. But I'm not dismissing Deontay Wilder. I'm dismissing Deontay Wilder provided he doesn't make changes. If he makes the changes, I am absolutely willing to say, let's give this guy a second chance, or let's see what he can do. He's got to commit to that jab. If he just stays in Tuscaloosa and doesn't bring somebody in or go someplace else, I don't know why. what what would give you confidence that would be, oh, yes, he's got game-altering power. Dude, he landed nine punches over the course of three rounds on Tyson Fury. It didn't do anything. While that's true, um, the proof is in the Putin, as the great Floyd would say, and the (laughs) Putin tells you that every single person not named Tyson Fury that's gone in there with this psychopath has finished looking up at the stars, and oh yeah, Fury got dropped twice in the first one as well. So he ain't out of this. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Here's here's the thing. Remember Ronda Rousey after she lost to Holly Holm? No, I don't. I I really don't remember that. When did when did that happen? She didn't make any changes. How lame is this T-shirt? By the way, I had to get it. I had to get it, Luke. Where did you get it? What a throwback! All right. Where did you get it? Oh, nice online deal for four ninety five. Couldn't pass. You love these uh, shirts. No one wants. (laughs) The the point being is. if you have these like really bad losses where you kind of get audited, it happens where guys can go back and make changes and do something special about it, right? Tyson Fury didn't get audited in the first fight, but the fact that he got knocked down the way he did probably made him feel like he did, even though he probably took solace in getting up off the canvas. And he smartly made, I, again, I questioned it, but he was right in the end, and credit to him. I think Deontay Wilder needs to have a look in the mirror and say, how am I going to get past what happened? Mm-hmm. Doing the same old shit is not the answer. It's just not the answer ever, especially against that guy. Now, maybe he could fight uh, Anthony Joshua down the road, and it's fine. I think the same old shit right. knocks maybe, Anthony Joshua out. That's right, a, that's a, right. That's so, ma- so maybe the answer is it's just that guy. But if you're going to exercise that rubber match clause and take the third one right away, and you're going to not do anything different other than take two L's back-to-back after the draw, well, he had the two wins in between. Well, let's but. go rumble in the jumble comparison, to be honest with you here. George Foreman? Never the same in that early incarnation of him after that loss to Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I got into a couple wars after that. Then he lost to Frazier in the rematch, and he went away from the sport. I know he had that miraculous comeback, but 
Um, that's, that's still in play. It's not that that couldn't happen. But here's one thing I said leading into this fight. A lot of people ask me, uh, you know, what's the, what's the one key no one's talking about that can tell us that this is going to be a great fight? The mental toughness of both it is through the roof. Tyson Fury is on a different level of mental toughness in terms of strategy mixed with heart, mixed with all that. But Deontay Wilder was willing to go until, until he was not cold, and I have seen that in his career, I'm just not... sort of a will that brings him out. So I'm saying that I think that will will overcome some of the things that were lost in this fight. Yes, to your point, can we get somebody else in there? Can we get another, another voice in there? Can we re-examine what's going on? Can we maybe take the third fight later in the year and, right. and really take some time? He, to... can, he has 30 days to exercise the rubber match clause. If he wants to exercise it and then give himself some time to get better, to have a real different approach and really work on some things, I think that's that. then I'll be like, okay, let's see what Deontay's got. But just staying in Tuscaloosa doing the same old thing, yeah, you can beat all the same old heavyweights. You're not going to beat that guy. And can we quickly just say, I know a lot of people write in the column, it's a trendy thing, but it's right. Mark Breland was the... Was the he was a real man. A, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. He was a hero that night, dude. You, 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 I don't know if he saved Deontay's life, per se, but um, he could have. He certainly, you know, I'll never forget. Like, what's, what, and we'll move on from this. Give me one fight, MMA or boxing, where you saw someone take a savage beating and they were never the same afterwards. Kermit Citron took a few of those, huh? What's one fight where you were just like, after that, they're just not the well, same anymore? Well, how about Mel- Meldrick Taylor against uh, Julio Cesar Chavez won? I mean, that was, that was certainly a, a giant fall from grace. Um, For me, in MMA, it's the Rich Franklin-David Loazzo fight. David Loazzo took five rounds of beating. His corner did not save him. And I don't think he was ever the same after that. He, was still, he could still beat decent guys. Um, he's still a good martial artist and an important contributor to the martial arts community. He was not the same prize fighter after that. I mean, there's been many examples, but yeah. All right. I'm with you, Luke. Um, what hell of a night. Oh, last thing on this. Uh, did you like their entrances? Jay was like, it took too long, because of course Jay said that. I got. He's right. It did. The, what other thing did Jay say today? Can we say that on the air? No, a, we can't say that on the air. All he right. was right that this part did take too long. But coming out in the throne, the women are carrying it. This is how you. Patsy this Klein. is how you win the casual fans. This I mean, is to me. I I thought it was. I thought it was amazing, dude. People want to see. Boxing is when boxing is ridiculous. Sometimes it's ridiculous, but sometimes when boxing is ridiculous, it's fucking grand. That is grand. And uh, did you hear Jay Diaz had a quote, though, uh, where he was saying Wilder's ring entrance gear, which, by the way, was completely next level. There's rumors that it cost like $60,000 to like, make. His eyes were turning red like it was the like old Vader Mardi, thing He looked like Japan. a Mardi Gras Decepticon. Yeah, there he is. That it was uh, too heavy and it may have wore down his legs. You, on the do you know who also used that excuse, by the way? Remember Joe San when he fought in UFC oh, would carry yeah. the big cross? Oh, yeah. He would get to the cage and be like super winded. It's like, dude, maybe you don't carry lumber to the fucking Yeah, remember they used to have this clown named Michelle Podeta who would do the dance routine on the way in and then and then gassed out. Hey, Joe San, um, not a not a great human. After no. that, after that run. I think he died. After, no, I think he's still alive. After, oh, I think he got murdered in prison. After that run on the Austin Powers movies as uh, uh what was it? Odd job or something? Uh, yeah, or Judo Chop. Um uh, he a rapist? Yeah, he was a rapist, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I didn't So was Kevin Bacon in Sleepers. M- Real MMA rough fan, movie to get MMA there, fans right? felt appreciate that. Did you see how Wilder and Fury each had their own logos on their gloves? I was like, Yeah. MMA That's fighters, a 90s just, reference, just by the way. Pay attention. You, okay, you. let's move on now yeah. to some MMA stuff before our audience completely uh, alienates us. Or we alienate them. So UFC Auckland was on Saturday before the big boxing fight. And in that main event, I know you saw it. I have, I have not talked to you about it, so don't say anything just yet. I'll go to you first on this one, too, because I'm feeling generous, goddammit. You had Dan Hooker and Paul Felder absolutely empty the tank down there in Auckland, New Zealand. Dan Hooker takes what can only be called a controversial split decision. Before we talk about the scoring and everything else. Do you really think it's controversial? Let me finish. Okay. Let me just say this, because I, I think we can find I some... I do have un- a co-host credit in my contract. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we can find some unanimity here. 
Dude, you had two guys who are, are on great win streaks and were outside that top five bubble, and they knew there was no way to get to that upper echelon of that division if they didn't absolutely empty the tank against a well-matched foe who had an indefatigable attitude against them. And they did it, dude. I don't care who you think won or lost. You don't often see main events when guys, in the words of your own Twitter bio, dude, they were daring to be great. They were giving every ounce of what they had, and they tried, and it doesn't work out for everybody. It's a zero-sum game. There can only be one winner. Were you not... I was all inspired by humbled, that. Humbled, humbled is the word, yeah. There's the two guys that are trying to be super elites, right? They're on the verge of being elite, like you mentioned, and I always consider it like you got a jug. And they were willing to pour that jug out, like, early, like midway through that fight. And to see Paul Felder have that fourth round when his corner, when Duke Rufus is like, do it for your daughter, and then come out and just explode and kind of seemingly, like, you turn that fight around. I mean, Luke, it's humbling. It's why we watch. It's why we watch. Um, the fact that they're, I mean, they're already in the most dangerous, deepest division, one of the best periods of any division in UFC history, maybe, maybe the best period ever in this lightweight division where it's all killers to get to the next level. You got to go through a five round hellacious thriller like this to get there. But the moment for me was, was Paul Felter's reaction afterwards. The moment that just touched my heart where he's near tears and where he basically says like, like this might be it for me because you know what he's feeling on the inside. He's feeling that, you know, I'm 35. Yeah, I'm, I've got this burgeoning second career as a as a broadcaster. Yeah, the great comedy made about his young young child being four years old. And he's you know never around, but it's the idea that he's daring to be great. He knows how great he can be, and yet he may have found out, and this is harsh, but this is reality, that he's just short of the super elite. That by emptying everything he has and being able to walk through hell against a guy and hooker who might be a title contender or a champion one day, he's showing you some really bright things that it just wasn't good enough. And that, like, in that moment, you know what he's feeling, and it's just heartbreaking because every step I have bet against Paul Felder or thought, man, he's a tough out, but he's not that. Right. And I sort of said that heading into this fight, and it was just barely proven true. And that's how close sometimes, Luke, you come to being a champion or being an elite or being a gatekeeper and all that. And Paul Felder gave every ounce. I mean, you saw the shape he came in for this fight. This was his Super Bowl. Tremendous. This was his sort of life-altering career crossroads moment. And, dude, he was great, and it wasn't good enough. Right. And if he does walk away, I would get it. I would be like, I don't think he will. I think he'll, you know. His coach, Duke Rufus, messaged me and told me he's not going to. Yeah, so. I don't think he will because when you're still that good, there's still paydays to make. There's still things you can do. And, by the way, I'm not saying he can't come back right. and, and win big ones, but you did feel for him in that moment like he just maxed himself out. Right. I mean, if you give everything you have and it's not enough, you begin to have some real existential questions at that point. That being said, how did you score it? Three rounds to two. I gave the first three to Hooker. I felt fairly confidently. I, mm. I, I mean, you can make a case, and I felt... You did not give Hooker the fifth. I felt just as strong that I gave Felder the last two. Interesting. I gave it three to Felder. And the difference for me is that I thought the fifth round's a little hard to score because he doesn't do much with the takedown, but he holds it for like a solid minute plus, which to me kind of counts a little bit. It's um, something. Uh, but I thought that the more damaging strikes, for the most part, came from Felder, especially... I did in four and five. I don't... I didn't, yeah, his, I, his right hook was landing... I think it was his right or left hook. I have to go back and watch. But there was a hook he kept landing at the end of his combinations. Left over, hook, yeah. yeah. Over and over and over again. That was just bludgeoning. Dan, yeah, Dan Hooker's face on that same side was like... 
it was funny, it was between his Kiwi accent and then his face being swollen, I couldn't understand a word he said. Yeah, in I didn't the know what interview. language. He almost showed his Johns, too. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, yeah. No, I know you were. No, I, well, I'm not into angles. that stuff, but that was uh, interesting. Uh, nevertheless, though, I, I just thought overall the, the more punishing damage and the popping his head back with the jabs, for example, I thought it came from Felder. But I recognize it's very difficult to score. It's not a robbery when it goes this close. It's just for me. Do we have that picture of them in the uh, J? If you have it, oh, it's like Rocky Two. This is like the opening These, scene in Rocky Two, right? The two guys in the um, look at that in the stretchers like that in the gurneys. You mean this is what it's about, folks? This, th- these two guys in the toughest division. One can't see out of his eye. The other one's face looks like he got stung by a bee. They're all strapped up. I mean, they need seriously, to go to the hospital. Look, be- it's, it's unbelievable. Between this and between, I'm sure people have seen the video of Karolina Kovalkiewicz who lost. and yeah. She's like two and six in her last eight, and she got the crap beat out of her in that fight against the Chinese uh, young fighter. But uh, Yao Xiong Yang or something like that? It just rewakes you to, to realize what it takes. And here's the point. What it takes to be at this level. Yeah. I mean, what they put them, I mean, in a victory. I mean, Dan Hooker was in a car wreck. Right. And, 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 and he's the winner, you know? Right. I, mean, I mean, here's the point about this, too. Like, the Kovalkiewicz reality is this. Her corner failed her. Let's just say it out loud. Her corner failed her because she wasn't competitive at any point. She couldn't see. She was in no position to win. These guys were taking mountainous amounts of abuse. But every round was kind of close. Some are more clear than others to judge. But even down before that takedown happened in the fifth round where Hooker got it, you were saying to yourself, this could still go just about any way. So the punishment just has to kind of roll on. It almost looked like Felder was closing in on a potential stoppage. Right. You know, like there wasn't, it was a couple moments where Hooker so was. So you couldn't, as a corner, you couldn't in good conscience stop it then because it's still dramatically competitive. And yet in the end, there has to be a loser. It breaks your heart. It really, really does. But in the end, if you didn't have respect for Paul Felder or Dan Hooker before, I hope this is one of those cases where you get a chance to wake up. All right, I'm a damn Hooker guy, okay? From the beginning, the first sort of, I forgot the win. I thought he would win. I didn't think he'd win like this. The win that sort of put him on the map originally, that was the win where I'm like, oh, man, who is this guy? Jim Miller or Gilbert Burns? It might be the Jim Miller one. We're we're sort of like, okay, maybe a future title contender. I still see that. This was a blood and guts victory. But are we getting any nervous that two beatdowns now, the Barbosa loss and this one in which he won, you can't have too many of those. So he wants Gaethje. I got to tell you, I think it might... It's hard to know what to do at the top of lightweight because you got Dustin being like, hey, I want to fight Ali Quinta at 170. Now, our guests are, if we're lightweights and we fight at 170, that should still count for 155, but you don't really know what to do with Dustin. Nate's kind of floating out there. You don't really know what's going to happen with him. Now, I guess Jorge has obviously uh, at 170 already got business with um, Kamara. We'll see later. But the point being is Khabib and Tony still on a collision course. Connor kind of floating out there. It's not really clear. Dustin, excuse me, Justin Gaethje believes he's entitled to a title shot but it's like, is he just going to wait around? Is he going to get it? Connor's going to steal that if he wants it. So I'm not saying that if I'm managing Justin Gaethje, that I think that's the best fight. But I don't think it's the worst call. I actually kind of like that fight for Justin a little bit. That's, a, that's ballsy for Hooker to call it up. Because here's the deal on Hooker, okay? Super Bowl. I, dude, especially after that if beating If you try to point fight Justin Gaethje, you could, you could lose your soul. You have to finish him. Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier showed right. us. You have to dig in and, and get dirty and get king of, uh, king, king of street combat and just finish that man. Can well, Dan Hooker H- is typically a finisher. Can Dan I mean, Hooker this, finish that guy? That, that's going to be interesting to see. That's a tough-ass test. Yeah, and also, it's not just about finishing Justin Gaethje. You have to be willing to take and able to take an enormous amount of abuse. Which he is, but that's there. where the fear comes in of how many in right. a row is Right, he's got two of these smart. that yeah. have been kind of tough. All right, and then last but not least, let's just give a shout-out to... An incredibly impressive lady from UFC Auckland. How about Angela Hill? Angela Hill has fought six times in 11 months, going four and two. I think it's a 20-plus day span between her last fight and then this one. Winning this one against uh, Loma Lukbunmi, who 
a lot of folks don't know, very talented Thai fighter who sort of transitioned over to MMA. And before this, just given Hannah Cypher's the beatdown. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, I am pretty amazed by this. Beyond impressed. Now, um, the question is, like, how impressive is it? Uh, shouts to Sean El Shadi over at The Athletic. He put together a list of other fighters who either around or inside of a calendar year have put together six fights. Let me guess, Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben is one of them. Tiago Santos is another one. Now, they went 5-1 and one in that range. There's some other ones as well. The only one who went 6-0, and oh, can you guess? John Jones? In, in six fights in... in uh, oh, that's a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, it's Donald Cerrone. Uh, oh, that should have been Don obvious, Don Cerrone, yes. and he got wins over Eddie Alvarez, and he fought on 15 days' notice. After his last fight, he fought Benson Henderson and got that win as well. So that's like the best one. But that was actually technically a bit of a longer time span than what Angela Hill has done. Technically, it is possible she could become, in the modern era, the first fighter to win seven fights in 12 months. Here's what stands out that's to me. That's insane. It's, it's never, or to fight seven times in 12 months. Here's what stands out to me about this, Brian. She won four. She lost two. Okay. This is what I love about it. I lo- she, actually, I'll give her credit. She one time, I, I was talking about um, on Twitter, I was talking about Donald Cerrone's, in a, you know, just crazy, like one year, four fights, next year, four fights, next year, five fights, next year, five fights, this amazing schedule. And she said to me, I'll never forget this, on Twitter, it's public, you know, if we got offered fights like that, there's a lot of fighters who could do that. And I don't think every fighter is Donald Cerrone, but credit to her. She was actually right. She can actually do that. Two things. One, some fighters operate better on a quicker schedule. Clearly, I think she is one of them. Number two, dude, she is now, her next fight will be, I think, her 20th professional fight. She is finally coming into her own. She was having to fight, I think, in her fourth fight, like Rose Namajunas or, you know, very, very... Part of very, that original class of, of the strawweight 2014 tough. That's team. right. And she, you didn't get a, cl- a clear sense of exactly how good she was. And she stumbled along the way a she little was bit. A, I mean, let's be honest. She was a gatekeeper for a while, sort of like win one, lose two, win two, lose one, and just sort of back and forth. The, the standout to me is that I think she operates better on a quicker schedule. I'm not saying six every year, but certainly a little bit more of a competitive uh, frequency. And secondly, I think she's finally coming into her own. I think you're finally seeing that. People love her. She is an like, instant fan favorite at any turn. Maybe it's the cosplay thing. I'm not really sure. But to be able to reach 35 for female fighters, you don't, I mean, you don't see a lot of Holly Holmes who can stay elite late into their 30s. Right. And for her to now be just kind of just figuring out, we're seeing somebody like Kovalkiewicz at 34 who seems same division, seems done. done. Yeah. This is impressive. Certainly is, and uh, and she know, was in like hella shape. I don't know if you if you caught that. Yeah, no, she, and then she's traveling. Uh, she's not just doing it in her hometown. She's going all over the world and still getting pretty impressive. Is this a wins. DC thing? Is this a is this a D, isn't she a DC? Person? She is. A, yeah, she's DC as well. All right. She also came to our DC symposium, so that was very nice of her too. Very smart lady. Okay, with that in mind, Cobb. What am I say, Cobb? Uh, that's what I call my other producer. I'm tired. With wow. that in mind, wow. yeah, wow. sorry. It's time wow. where you donks get to write us questions. It's time for DMs from donks. Jesus Christ, I'm tired. All right, there you have it. We have animation and everything. All right, there, Brian oh, Campbell. Split screen here, Luke, all right? Split screen. Here, this one will go to you first from Boxing.Classics. What do you think of the PBC guys all predicting Wilder to win, then to say afterwards that they thought Fury was going to win? Now, I'm not sure what he's talking about, but I guess the ESPN broadcast or the pay per view broadcast? I'm not sure specifically who he's talking about. Um, I mean, it's not a surprise to me that guys in the same promotion would support each other. I mean, I do a podcast every week with Rashad Evans. He always picks his teammates or ex-teammates to win. It's just sort of a Switch thing do, yeah. that happens. And they're, uh, switching it back afterwards can be a little bit uh, hairy, but um, I don't know specifically who he's talking about. Well, um, have you gone back and watched the fights after the fact on the broadcast? 
I have not yet. I'd be curious to go see what you thought about the broadcast. It was Joe it's like Tess- an all-star game, right? It was Joe Tessitore, and it was Andre Ward, and it was Lennox Lewis. The standout for me was Andre Ward. He was great. He's, he's getting better. He's not only great, he's getting better yeah. every time and out. I, but obviously, you know he's got great analysis, but his broadcast delivery yes. is beginning to have just the right amount of enthusiasm behind and it. I tried to talk him into fighting Canelo, and he turned me down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But uh, Lennox Lewis... I don't like on the Fox broadcasts. We can just be honest about this, can't we, Luke? He's not good. He's, he's never been good. He's never been good. Well, here's the difference, though. You should listen to this one. Because Ward was speaking, and they're essentially covering the same beat, by virtue of the editing that happened to the overall volume of commentating he did, he was actually better this time. Uh, and I think Joe Tessitore is one of those guys, either you like him or you don't, I like he's him. smooth. He is so, I, I like I've him. worked with him, he's smooth. Guess, guess, who, guess who was hating on him? Jay. If we were allowed to say the things that Jay has hated on today, yeah, this know. calendar day, this, the, the amount of beautiful women that Jay's just hated on already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't go public with that. Jay's Jay, like, this 10 out of 10 is a zero. You know, I'm like, okay. I mean, luckily we have standards at Morning Combat like Death Row. We're not going to put the producer in the videos dancing right. around. I mean, this guy's trying to get on our show. Thank you, Suge Knight. All Thank right, you. let's go to at uh, the.jason.more. What did you make of Wilder pacing for over an hour in the back? I've often heard how fighters... Have that moment right before a walkout where they know if they trained hard or not to win or lose a fight. I don't really buy this at all. I think that as a, as a, oh, this is why he lost. I think that he was focused. He wasn't pacing super hard. Um, he, to me, if he lacked energy in the fight, there were much more identifiable reasons for that. Now, yes, it was in strong contrast to Tyson Fury, who was all smiles and giggling and look, he was getting ready for a wedding for crying out loud. I mean, dude, can we just stop on that for a second? Like, I, I was trying to talk before about how I think Tyson Fury's mental toughness is, like, all-time. It's yeah. legendary, yeah, right? It's, it's out of this world. But, like, he always says, you know, I'm a fighting man. I come from generations of bare knuckle. Like, a fight to me is something I get excited about. Like, how loose he is, it's almost insane, Luke. Like, do you ever see that video that floated around that he took, like, three hours before the Klitschko fight? He was, like, dancing and oh, doing yes. karaoke mm-hmm. and, like, doing inappropriate grinding and stuff and just being, like, you know, like... And th- that was a fight everybody thought he was going to be walking in there and getting knocked out. Right. It's wild. I do... Wish, and we're probably going to get it once Deontay Wilder goes public, but, you know, he didn't do the post-fight press conference because he was uh, in the hospital. But him mentioning during the in-ring interview the personal problems, I'm not saying this to build this as an excuse. I'm just interested because something about it just didn't seem like him on this night, aside from just getting handled, aside from just getting beat. you buy that the pacing was the reason? I don't buy that. I don't know what it is, but I'm interested to see if it's something because... Every other fight, except for the first Fury fight, we've seen Wilder at his absolute menacing best, never getting down, poises there, can lose eight rounds against Luis Ortiz and still be happy, excited, confident, and poised to bring the boom. The first Fury fight, he was very honest afterwards about how he tried too hard for the knockout, he was nervous, he froze a little bit in, you know, from, the, from the luster of the event. I wonder if there was something about Fury. If you're just facing a guy who you know has your number, is that the thing that maybe... I don't buy that. That, I think that rattled him? If you go him? and look at his strategy early in the first and second rounds, you could tell he was trying to implement what I thought was going to be a key part of his game plan, which were jabs to the body and his own feints. Dude, you've got to say it out loud. Fury took it away from him. Now, maybe he had some kind of injury that it was on his mind and he was trying to calm himself. But you've got to remember, every fighter is different. They all have their own customized strategy, their own customized prep. Some like to do long warm-ups, some like to do short warm-ups, some like are very happy, some are very dour. Brandon Vera, even in his prime before the whole fall-off, I, I know that he used to vomit right before walkout. It would actually make commission members nervous. You usually drop a deuce before the show. I, I'm dropping a deuce right now in my pants. Um, but the point being is everyone is a little bit different. Everyone's got their own situation. So 
maybe there was something to it. I'm not saying that there's not. I just, to me, it's like, I don't know why you can't just say what it was. He just got walloped by a better boxer, and that's the end of it. That's fair. All that's right. Fair. I'm trying to do forensics here. A little All right, right, man. Let's go to M Porter 440. Should <laughs> I'll pitch this one to oh, you? Wow. Should Wilder work with Joshua Fabia to improve his defense? I mean, should he uh, should he re- should he train for the trilogy with tarot cards? Is that what you're saying, Luke? It's his question. How, how do you want to handle uh, that? No, 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 no. Did you hear my interview? I did. I, of I you tried did. to hear your interview. Why, why would you listen to anything I did? Well, no, that's a that's a false narrative, Luke. Okay, I was. I'm going to be honest with you. You, Luke Thomas, used to host the show called Luke Thomas is Pissed. Yeah. I thought it was ahead of its time, and I still think it would work today. Remember yeah. that you had the Manila folders, yep. and you were like, it, is, it was ahead of its time. I hate Tom Brady and Brett Favre, and here's why. And yep. you just rip people. It was great. What yeah. happened? Uh, I quit it actually. So I can focus on other things. All right, don't quit this job. Okay? No, I'm not. Um, what did you? You have any comment about the whole Fabio thing? I've kind the of said a, my the piece The guy's about a clown, it. dude. The guy is a clown. Okay. I think you nailed it from the idea of he gave Diego confidence at a point, at a very tender point in his career. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes, yes, we cling to people who. That's why yes men are invented. We cling to people who sort of fill the doubts that we have in ourselves. Our spouses, in some ways, sort of fill the 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 gaps of what we're missing as people. Right. That's why agree, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm getting real with you. Does Luke. this mean that you're an emotionally needy man who leans on his wife for motherly help? Oh, wow. That was very Freudian of you. No, yeah. no, that does not mean that. But, I'm just uh, asking. I don't know the answer yeah, to that. Yeah. Um, I don't really balance checkbooks too well. You know, you know. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's like Voltron. It makes a greater hole. Yeah. Uh, Bubber97 says, thoughts on Woman having a possible advantage in grappling due to the fact that they can wear a full shirt. That's, that's up your alley, Luke. Here. Yeah, well, it's not a possible advantage. It's an absolute advantage. But the thing is, it's the, first of all, it's not a shirt. It's a rash guard. There's a difference. Um, I love woman. That's great. I know. He's like, whoa, on, it's like, man. It's like, it's like, it's like Conan say, thoughts on woman yeah. have advantage. That was who's, a 90s reference, by the way. Who's talking the So Hulk? I married an ex-murderer. I know you missed that, but keep um, going. Yeah, it's an absolute advantage. But it just depends on how you use it. Like, uh, Roxanne Modafferi wears one. Lauren Murphy wears yes. one. But if the fight is mostly... Julianne, Pe- Julianne Pena? Yeah, she wore one. But it's like if you fight and you're mostly just striking, even if you're in the 50-50 part of the clinch, it's probably not that big a deal. To me, it's a bigger deal when you're on top and you're trying to control an opponent in grappling yes. situations or if you have the back and you're trying to prevent them. You know, one of the keys to maintaining back control is symmetry between your shoulders and theirs. And to the extent that you, that provides uh, friction and that helps you maintain the back, yeah, it is an advantage. You know, am I in a position to be like, women should just wear bikinis to fight? I don't well, want to be when, that dude. when but... Rousey wore just that bra against Carmouche, she almost got face cranked because she kept trying to pull it up. You remember that? Yeah, but also her goods almost fell out of their clothing. I didn't go there. Right. No, but it's a real thing. Like, here, that, the point is some women wear the rash guard because they don't trust the normal athletic apparel to protect them. And they're like, if that's the case, what are you supposed to say, you know? You know which one I, I think the, the good... Um, is the good... Uh, you calling them the goods? Is that no, like no, no. PC? Of the you? good middle ground? Yes. Is the one that's like the tank top. So it doesn't cover the shoulders and like this part of the top of the chest. But if you want your like... It, it still hangs like a like a shirt a little bit. I love bit. when you mansplain brassiers in the, the functionality of mansplain the Mansplain would be to another woman. You're not a woman. Right? That's a very mansplaining way to you describe always it. You pull out the dictionary. You're such a dick, you know? Well, you just, you, I mean, you got to use the words correctly. What do you want to tell me? Hand, hand me your wrench. You mean the mug? Sorry, it's not a wrench. This, this is called a uh, cup condom. Yes. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a, a dental ball. dental dam, I think. Yes. Uh, why does... Okay, this is from C. N. Bari. Sean... Dude, how do you pronounce the C-I-A-N? 
in Irish. How do you pronounce that? Do you have that up? I'm only an eighth Irish, so... I'll, do you have that up? Here it is. See and Barry. Have you ever seen that? Sean, is it Sean? I'm so, it's I'm probably told. Celtic for Sean. Sean. Why does Brian regret the whole tip-to-tip bit? Yeah, what did this... I, I got a lot of DMs this weekend of people like, told I, people, hear, I, told people I hear you you're regretting it. Should I show them the text messages of you explicitly oh, telling you. me you regret it? All right, here's the deal, okay? I, I, I inadvertently, very gremlin-like, right? Very, very much like Gremlins 1. I inadvertently started a revolution by bringing to light these regional uh, pro... Can we get the shot? These... These, um, sorry, let me figure this out here. These regional Polish MMA superstars behind me. Slovenian, the come, come to find out, yeah. and I forgot the guy's name, but somebody slid in my DMs to help me decode this. These are two Slovakian kickboxers. Slovenian. Thought they were, this is, this is uh, Slovakia. Slovenian. There's, there's Slovakia and there's Slovenia. They're two different countries. Right. This is Slovakia, I thought. I thought they were Slovenian. Uh, you know, tomato, tomato. Anyway, um, I'm now following... like Trump's wife. I'm now following both on Instagram, and we're, clo- we're close. We're close, okay? Are you guys tip-to-tip close? No, stop that. But the point of this is, does this guy like um, childish banter and locker room jokes? Yes. But do I want you guys to fill my DMs with actual dongs? No, no. I live and die by the rule of, dude, of no stick sent, pics, you right? you getting sent dick pics so, is perfect karma. Do, you know, do I want people to comment on my... You know, my, my breakdown on CBS Sports HQ on YouTube of the uh, of the Fury fight, it's got like 3.7 million, you know, all these comments like, wow, never saw Brian do a breakdown without bringing up cock. It's right. like, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's really not what I'm trying to do here. I've been right? waiting for it for all right? six you months. Know, so um, I don't mean to be a, a C blocker on my own movement here, but there's a time and a place, you know. Have you seen this shit? You'll see that shit, okay? Hey, can please keep sending Brian your dick pics. No, no. I mean, the, ta- the tattoos that people send me of... of Phallic, phallic, the fallacies, the phallic nature of it. I'm not in it for that. Okay, I like, I like to have a good laugh. You know what I'm saying? Send Brian your dick pics. But then you got Luke going on his live shows, going. You know, Brian just goes in a locker room. He's just looking for dicks. You know, it's like, well, not really. You are definitely the straightest dick inspector in the world. Yeah. See, this is why I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to shut this thing down. Okay. We had a good run. We had a good run with tips, but you go into the locker room. You're you're just look. You know, you have a. You know, you know how some chemists have like the periodic table of elements? You've got the periodic table of cock right These here. These Slovakian heroes, we're going to have them on. We're going to have them talking about it, okay? Thank you. Certain dicks do this when they're there. Oh, you know, okay, that's you. Uh, all right, so that's up for um, our DMs. By the way, folks always ask how to do that. Go to Morning Combat on Sundays. On Sundays Instagram. we put up a post on Instagram and leave a comment there. Don't shoot me a DM because it's going to get deleted. With that in mind, it is uh, the time for Brian to be Brian. Oh, it's that time already. All right. Take it away, Brian. Uh, Have You Seen This Shit is up next. As you know, there it is. We scour the globe for the best, the good, the bad, the worst, the ugly in combat sports and beyond. I'm I'm liking it. Except for the ish on the eye. I don't like that. Can we we remove that ish right there? A little gross. A little gross. All right. All right. right. We need this TV over a little bit more. All right. Here we go. Number one. um, UFC Auckland, Luke. This fella, Brad Riddell, he had a Quake. sensational split decision win over Magomed Mustayev. Well, drinking a beer, not out of your shoe. And look at him going out to the crowd and one time in that thing. Respect on that or what? Yeah, big time. Can I have to say, I think the shoey is so played out. It's so played out and gross, but but we didn't get to talk about his performance. He's impressive. Dude, he looked awesome. Everyone from this freaking gym looks like a future champion. Yeah, can we say this honestly? And I'm being dead serious for just a, se- just a second. We can get back to being silly in just a moment. Has City Kickboxing for a like a non-huge gym, like it doesn't have like ATT number of guys, yeah. 
Have they had the best year of any gym in MMA Ever. history? I mean, I want I want to know what's what, what's in the water. I want to know what they're what they're doing to each other. I want to know what. Yeah, let's let's find out. Let's do an expo. You and I will fly down there, Luke. All right. You can go to the locker room. I'll go on the mats. All right, here we go. Hey, shout out to uh, Riddell, who looks great. Also at UFC Auckland this weekend. Did you see Priscilla? C- C- I'm told Catchwera. Catchwera. Uh, she once got sent to hell by Shevchenko. She returned the favor. This is the fastest finish in UFC. Uh, Stra- women's history, no? UFC women's uh, flyweight history, right? Sorry, yes, yes, yes. Against right. Shayna Dobson, that uppercut. Wow, Luke. Wow. Yeah, it was nice. Chin checker. Still not convinced story. about her UFC potential, but... I, I'm enjoying this on a loop, though. I mean, look at this. Also, I think Shayna Dobson... I think, Dobson, hit her with I think the... Shayna Dobson's another DC native. All right, all right. Well, hey, we're going to transfer from etiquette inside the cage to plain etiquette. We all hate flying, Luke. Would you accept this if you were sitting behind this guy? No. Oh, God. Dude, why do people feel entitled to take their fucking shoes off? All okay, points? I I I take my shoes off. Do you leave sometimes. your socks on? I don't usually wear socks, but I I've gone bare. You don't wear socks. I, I, you know, I like I like to uh, I like to let them breathe. All right, but I, but there's a difference, Luke. I'm not going to be like. Dude, are you a fucking serial killer? Who doesn't wear socks? It, you know, I mean, you've never worn like low sneakers without socks, or you've never worn. No, I don't murder children in their sleep. What kind of a question is that? Uh, in the winter, I wear socks, but I'm not wearing socks right now, Luke. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just what it, it is. What it is. So wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. When that is go, true. Wait, Corey, wait, wait, it is wait, the winter. When you right go now, through yeah. TSA, you're walking bare through through the metal detector. I have done that, which is not a good thing because I've got a really gross you right are, toe. It's all black and stuff. You are a fucking troglodyte. You, you are. What? What are you, Luke? Do you know how dirty planes are anyway? What's the What's the difference? Yeah, you know what? Why don't you just squat? But, just, but just I'm take saying, a, take a dump in there's the aisle limits. While you're at so okay, okay. So me taking off my slip-on sneaker, like yeah. like like dad shoes, like Vans, whatever, yeah. and then just having bare feet under the chair—that's one thing. This this insert dictionary word that means cretin, something. This next Brian level, Campbell uh, is just like scrolling, like, oh, what am I going to watch here? Am I going to watch? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is you got to tell the stewardess at some point, being like, yeah, dude, what the fuck is wrong is, with this you? Is disgusting. Uh, I would say this though. I, I think if. For example, pregnant women on flights should be able to take their shoes off. I think. Or can they can they disrobe and and uh... yeah, of course they got to feed their fucking kids. Don't be weird about breastfeeding. But you, you, you absolute child molester should not be taking your shoes off with no socks. But it's under the chair in front of me. I got I don't long give legs. A shit, dude, it's not your fucking living room. Act like, dude. You are. Don't. What are you? Do you have? Do you live with animals? Do you have dogs? I have two dogs and two cats. I mean... And two kids. Uh, One and, wife, though, Luke. And two bars. And I got bees on my D's like I'm Chico DeBarge. Look, the point being is... Wow, wow. Can we get a, some yeah, kind of reference the, for the, Luke right the, there? It's from uh, DJ, DJ Clue. Uh, the point being is, I, I, if you take your shoes off on a plane, I'm side-eyeing you. If you take your shoes off on a plane and you got no socks, you deserve to be thrown out of the plane. So also I drive... While it's moving. If I'm not wearing socks, I drive barefoot. You got any no, issues? No, like you mean like Fred Flintstone? Like with your feet on the ground? <laughs> no, with my feet on the pedals, Luke. I feel like I have more direct control if I'm going just skin on skin what? on pedals. Can't you just wear like those Vibram five finger things? Look, socks are a lot like condoms. Remember how much condoms used to cost back in the day? I don't know what you're using socks we for, but they're them. not like condoms. It's half baked. It's half baked. Sorry. I, can we get somebody working the '90s meter who was born at least in, like before 1987? Something. I mean, come on, Jay. It is Jay. Look at that. 
Dude, I think not wearing shoes on a plane, you are an absolute cretin. All right. Hey, um, what Luke lo- the only thing Luke loves about this segment is when animals kill people. Let's throw it up here. There's a leopard on the loose in this uh, European village, and oh, look at this thing just take fuck. people out. I hope this doesn't turn into faces of death. Remember time we couldn't show that uh, Bro. that guy with the snake getting choked to death? Look at this leopard. Is that just- Europe? I don't know where this is, Luke. I'm going to guess Europe. Maybe it's Slovenia or Slovakia, but uh, this leopard just cleaning house, Luke. I've never you know, seen so many people ki- run from pussy that before. Thing, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, you can you can miss me with the animal abuse. I don't think it's animal abuse. I think it's a, look at that takedown right there. Wow. All right. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, this today's segment not moving you. Hey, Bellator had two cards this weekend. Oh shit. A little bit weird. Fucking shit. Did okay. you see Ricky Bendejas catch the kick and just take this dude out? Here, hold this for a second. As I Luke did not would say. see that. He's all bitter. King Mo posting that. Shout out to King Mo. Bob goes with the kick. The guy catches it, and then a little oh. little three piece for him. Dude, look at that beating the drum. Are we seeing that catching a kick is? It's just lowering your guard, right? It's bringing down your hands. Well, look, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Catches it. Oh, you know what? Um, oh, look at this. He's painting. He's painting him right yeah, there. Yeah, but you see how high he is on the, on the when he catches. He's yeah. right around the knee versus right around the ankle. That's like he could have just stocked and slapped him out right yeah. there. Yeah, it's borderline, right? Hey, did you so know he's too, that? He's too close. Did that? you know that Kevin Lee has a brother named Keith who's a yeah? Fighter? Dude, he whooped ass. Made his Del- Bellator debut. Look at this knee. Fuck him! Oh Jesus. my god! Did you see the neck? Just oh wow! Borderline decapitation. Dude, this is so. Was was this Sean Bunch? He did this too. Oh, dude, that is brutal. Whew. Sorry, random guy in black shorts. You've been sent to hell. Oh yes. All right, uh, Luke. Have you ever heard of former UFC fighter? Abdul Karim Edelov, a.k.a. the Chechen Lion. Yeah, he fights for um, your... Oh, this is his second pro boxing bout, and he just sent Ibrahim Labaran to the deep, dark depths of Uh, hell. I believe this is uh, one of uh, Ramzan Kadyrov's guys. It's actually Kadyrov's guy who trains Kadyrov's sons and acts like an uncle to them. Good job giving that guy a platform. Um, (laughs) Were you a big fan of his UFC career? No, no. no. I mean, he's a a talented fighter, but... Pretty good knockout here, right? No, it's great. A little left hook to finish the combo. Yeah, it's great. Hey, let's see some ass crack. Uh, There was sumo wrestling over the weekend. Luke Curtis Blades and Rumble John. What is going on here? You know what? I actually like this. A little a little sumo. You're, you're an ass man. Yeah, I can see that. I like how there's no way you can take this seriously. I mean, it's it's too it's 2020. Can we can we put on a full pair of granny panties here? Do we have to go with the uh, with the thong? I like that these uh, professional grappling organizations are experimenting a little bit. With with us seeing this guy's uh, cock and balls, that's 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 Dude, not an experimentation. I, I you're bitter that his cock and balls didn't fall out, so you can you know just sit there and gawk at it. You were like, you know what sucked about this sumo wrestling match? The lack of visible. Hey, dicks. blades won. All right. Yeah, he did. Razor blades. Yeah. Um, can we see Rumble Johnson back as a heavyweight? Can we please see John Jones Rumble What's Johnson? What's the hold up on that? By the I way, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, this man's gonna gonna hurt somebody really bad. Yeah, he is. All right. All right. Let's roll on from here. Uh, Shout out to this teacher on the playground. Very Billy Madison like. Watch this killer crossover. Oh God! He just took. He just broke that kid's ankle and his spleen. Did I think he, wait, he took did his he soul. Did he actually trip him? Let's see. Oh, he sure did. Dude, that's what Tyson Fury did to Deontay way, Wilder. I have sons. They're twelve, and we go in the driveway and play hoops all the time. It is so easy to to cross over a, a kid, a, aggressive kids who would yeah. just go flying. But this, he just did this kid wrong. I mean, come on. If that's your kid and you're watching this for the first time, you got to be pissed, right? Yeah, my daughter can just barely stand, so I don't, oh, I don't quite understand the joy. Oh, yet, Doyle you know. rules, indeed. Wow. Uh, 
Speaking of youth basketball fails, I want you to check out this next game right here. Look at a kid wearing That's a, a black kid, shirt, man. number two. See number two right there with the black yeah, shirt? Yeah, in the Watch back. him. Oh, no, he's going the wrong way. He's going the wrong way. Somebody stop him. You know what? He just wanted a free Somebody point. stop him. What is this coach doing? Matombo. No, 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 no. That is That can't awesome. be legal, Luke. You know, that poor kid. Oh, I shot at the wrong hoop one time. People still He was so me. excited he was about to score. Oh, my God. That he guy was so shit. excited that he was about to score. That guy threw his shit, Luke. You know what? You gotta let kids be kids, bro. Uh, who uh, is unless it's that kid? Unless that, unless the coach is the dad. That's a rough move. That's a rough lesson to learn right there. It's like Woody Hayes coming out and punching that kid. You know? No. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Next one. Hey, let's go here. Let's go back to uh, Wilder Fury. Something we haven't talked about a lot. What was Tyson Fury so, doing here? Okay, so this people, is gross. Okay, bro. let's debate this for a second. People said he. I had people say he was licking the blood. And then I had people say, no, no, he does this to all of his fans. He just like, uh, like the Shakira thing at the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got nothing to do with blood licking. Where do you come down on this one? I thought it was his way of saying, look, I'm a savage. I want to taste your blood, BJ yeah. Penn blood, you know, like exactly That's like what that. I thought it was, too. And if it's that, it's not that it's, I, I think it's disgusting either way, but I get why so many people loved it because it's sort of this, I'm the man, I just killed you type of thing. I don't need it, though. This is gross. This is not good. I got to tell you, I kind of respect it a little bit. Oh, I knew you would. I, I knew you would. Would you respect if he took a bite, of, if he Ivan Redcocked him and took would you, would you like me to get on the show and lie to you? I don't think you would. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Have you ever hunted? Yes. Really? Yeah. You're going to talk about that with Joe Rogan? Uh, we might. Uh, yes, I've been hunting. I've hunted deer. I've hunted turkey. I've hunted, um, well, you know, doves and whatnot. That's just shooting. Uh, I've hunted tail for a bunch of years. Not successfully, though. Yeah, wh why is that the least surprising thing you've ever told Chasing me? Chasing the muff around, right? I've, skinned, I've had to do the whole butchering of the deer and everything. I had to skin it the whole night. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of that lick, it did remind me, like, you just jumped the gun there of the Super Bowl, which was also pretty pretty. Wait, hold on. Uh, hold on. Does the room think he was gross. licking the blood? I thought he was going for the blood. Yeah? I thought he changed his mind. Jay, the ultimate contrarian, says he was not licking the blood. All right. I don't think he touched it. No, no, but the question is, what was he intending to do? I don't know. I thought he was like, I thought it was like, dude, if you're, if you're beating up a guy and you lick his blood, almost like whispering sweet nothings in his ear, you have absolutely emasculated him. That's what Why I think. Why don't you just that. wet William with your tongue and just listen? Because that is the precursor to banging, so I don't think that they wanted to do that. Uh, it did. It was reminiscent of uh, "Can We Roll Up" from the Super Bowl halftime show, which is it's making me uncomfortable. I mean, it's like it's hot, but it's also weird. Luke, is there a cultural thing that I'm crapping on that don't yeah, realize? Yeah, there it? is actually. Um, then I take it back. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not. I am not a racist because I didn't enjoy this halftime show. But I know who inspired Shakira. Can we play it in the back? You ever see the '90s movie Kingpin, Luke? Yeah, one of my favorites. All right, you, this is probably this yeah. is probably your favorite scene, right? You're late on the rent, Bunsen. <laughs> you know what my favorite line is from this movie? Hey, like, let me get let me get both parts out. Let me get both parts out. Hey, uh, what was Roy was his first name, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Hey, Roy, uh, can you get sick drinking piss? <laughs> Even if it's your own? You ever see the closing credits? Uh, I don't think so. We have them right here. Jay, can you can you uh, advance the film, please? Great movie, Woody Harrelson. Oh, oh yeah, that so, is gross. so gross. Because he bang, he can't pay rent, so he bangs her. Yeah. And remember, he's at the toilet, kind of throwing up, and she's like, "It wasn't that bad. Come on." No, and she also says, uh, "Because the way you banged her." That uh, she, he got, she loosened some. Loose she got to take a good crap because everything got loosened up. <laughs> oh, let me ask you. So better, gross. better, better. Fairly, bro Fairly, Fairly Brothers. Farley Brothers. Fairly, Farley. Yeah. Better uh, of those two brothers' movies, Dumb and Dumber or Kingpin. 
Kingpin. Dumb Dumber is the most overrated funny movie of all time, and I know lightning just struck me and people are watching their mad. I mean, you like it or you don't like it? I mean, it's not that. Dumb and Dumber is hilarious, but okay. it's so overrated. It's sort of like a... Well, Dumb and Dumber is not overrated, It's a but... niche of slapdick comedy. It's a niche of, of the overall world of slapdick comedy that just isn't my favorite. I'm more of a one-liner Tommy Boy type guy. Well, I, will, I, I don't agree with that assessment. However, what I will say is I do think Kingpin is better. Kingpin King, is a great film. Kingpin is super underrated. Randy Quaid as the, uh, as the uh, Amish. Amish guy is yeah. fantastic. And of course, uh, what was her name? Bill Murray's No, no, no. Incredible. Who was the woman in there who was like the 90s it girl? Oh, yeah. Uh, Vanessa um, Angel, maybe? Is that her name? She was in uh, Spies Like Us. She was the Russian. Weir- she was in Weird Science. Remember Weird Science? She wasn't. That was uh, Kelly LeBrock. You sure? Before Steven Seagal got her. And got her. And, and you have the worst uppercut I've ever seen. There's video out there, but I hope it never hits. Let Brandon Wise don't show that video. All right, um, Max Muay Thai. You ever hear of this league? They 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 jump on here a lot. Check out this insane head kick KO. Is very, that Kevin Ross? Oh my God! Very reminiscent of uh, of Rousey Holm. Rousey yeah, wins again. Is. Wow. That was. That's me waking up for the shift here on the show. Yes. Wow. Anytime you can get on the outside of the shoulder. I'm Luke, like, is it 4 a.m. again? Why, Luke, why don't you just move out of D.C.? Come on. Hey, All right. You, you want me to move? Pay me. There you oh, go. Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Then I'll wow, move. Yeah. Hold that. Take that. Hold that shit. All right. Hey, let's go to the gym, Luke, because you do a lot of time powerlifting. This is called gym etiquette. What do you think of this guy's etiquette? Is this acceptable to take a stick pick before your set? Is he taking a dick pic before he's benching 135? <laughs> he probably on put it, He probably DM'd me it afterwards. This is our. These are our listeners right here, by the way. This is why I got to stop this movement of of uh, of dick trade. Okay, Luke, no more dick trading. Okay, I'm not into this. But that's lame. Come on, there's people watching. Yeah, good head movement. You're right. Yeah, he looks right. at. It, he goes, got it, nailed it. All right. Uh, you ever get asked to spot somebody and it's real awkward? Then did that guy ever mount you when he was spotting you? Yeah, what you is... don't do this. You do it from the back. Luke, that's tip to tip. That shit is. Uh... Wait, but is that a is that a is that a Sikh who is a uh, don't this... make don't make a fucking racist <laughs> joke. Don't do it. Is that a Sikh who is lifting there? It, it might be. Jay, is that a turban? I'm, we're not really looking at the head so much yeah. as the head. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm warning you. Yeah. Don't make a fucking I racist joke. I didn't. All right. I'm just saying that you know, tip to tip's not for everybody. I would not want this out of my spotter. All right. Yeah, you do it from the back. Also, here's the key to not asking people to spot you. Uh, I have over-the-ear headphones, and I don't talk to anybody. I don't look to anybody. You actually can't hear with those because I've been in public situations where I'm screaming. Yeah, because they're name. noise canceling, on purpose. So I get the the <sighs> audio. It's pumping. Plus, I get to cut out you jabroni. All right, we're going to close on this clip. Uh, more gym etiquette for, to hit the road with this. What do you think? Is this acceptable, Luke? Um, every week. I don't, every week, you know, I forget that you're I mean, deranged. I mean, here, okay, but look, it, it does have a functional purpose in the gym, right? I mean, it does. Every week, I forget that you're Luke, a I demented Luke, I didn't stage person. this. I'm not the director of this film, okay? Motherfucker, you featured it on the show. I didn't send this clip to Jay. Uh, our listeners, our viewers sent this into me. I mean, I couldn't avoid it. I mean, what are they oh, doing? Oh, they both get into the action. Well, the movement is that they're doing... Is this an adult film? What is this? The movement that they're doing is legitimate. Um, Have you ever put small weights around um, to, to... No? You know, it's funny. There's actually a study that came out this week that shows that relative to deadlifts, this is not as effective for glute activation. 
which would be my serious take on this. So I'll serious just say, XM, yeah. So I'll just say, dude, you need psychological counseling. All right. Well, this is this is the end. Okay, dude, the tip to tip movement is going to pause. We're going to go pause on tip to tip. Okay, I'm going to get these Slovakian. Did you have like an accident with your dick as a kid or something? What happened? That's 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 not acceptable. That's inappropriate. I mean, that's just. Is it really? Did you just ask another man that you know? Yeah, like, I'm, well, right. you I mean, motherfucker, you, look what you okay, do every week. So look, there's people that cook meth. They never touch the stuff. All right. They just, they just, they're, they're a, they're a, they're a pawn in the deadly what, drug you think trade. You're Walter White, motherfucker. I, I'm very you're much the Walter the, White of dicks. Yes, I am in the dick trade. Unfortunately, I've gotten too powerful. Does that make me Jesse? I've gotten too powerful in the dick trade, Luke, and um, I need to get out. Okay, I Does need that to make get me out. the Jesse. I need of to dicks? pull out of the dick trade. Okay. At least let me be the Gus Fring of dicks or something. I don't know. Um, when we get these Slovakian superheroes on, Luke, that'll end. The, 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 we'll never, Why don't you no tell tips. them what the plan is? Be no serious. T- tell them what the plan is. Um, these, I'm both of these gentlemen. They speak English. That's the plan. By the way, he knows this because he checked. I found it. No, no. The I plan is, look, we've never had, we don't have an anti-fighter policy no, on the show. No, you have an anti, anti-fighter. Okay, I have an anti-fighter Ever since John Jones sent you to hell. You no, 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 no. I just don't like, I don't want to have artificial conversations. That's not what the show is about. And a lot of fighters, they're so used to having artificial conversations, they can't do it otherwise. So, to the extent that we can get a fighter in here who's willing to have a real conversation, they are invited and they have to be in person. The one exception that we're going to make is Brian, we, we told him, I said, Brian, if you can set up a Skype interview with the dick touchers, <laughs> we will interview them on the show, and not about any fights they have coming up, uh, we'll interview them about what made them famous. Uh, I forgot the name of the promotion that they're in, but... Infusion? But, yeah, the guy Infusion? with the hat is still the champion. He won the title in this fight in 2015, and he's still the champion. Also, underrated about this, and you always ignore it, they're also smooching in the clip. Well, what's that chick doing? And, uh, and they made a heart, and she's uh, right there in the middle of the heart? I don't know? know. I feel like, yeah, I've seen adult movies that start that way. With two guys touching No, picks. no, no, what no. What the, the fuck are you uh, watching? Uh, different math, different no. math. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, See, okay. this is, and people wonder why I regret it, Luke, okay? I, no, the, no, the, 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 send gi- all gizmo, of your dick pics no, to No, Gizmo Brian. was very cute until midnight, right? Until, I mean, like... <laughs> and then you just put water on his back. <laughs> and... Yeah, and right. that was that. Okay, with that in mind, it's time for odds and ends. Brian Campbell, give me your odds and few. ends. I got a few here, Lucas. Hit me with them. All right, hit me with the horns money. Um, I'm going to tell you this. This weekend on DAZN, there's a boxing welterweight fight that I'm really excited about. And when it was announced, I did, wasn't moved. Mikey Garcia, second fight at welterweight against Jesse Vargas, who's coming down from 154, former title holder. Luke, I still think we don't know for sure if Mikey Garcia is a real welterweight. The Errol Spence fight was really? was like a 12-round shutout. Mikey's won titles from like, you know, 126 through 140, whatever. Yep. Jesse Vargas is a big welterweight who's coming down from 54 and is known in the second half of his career as an action fighter who goes to the body and makes fights happen. This is a potential trap fight here. Mikey Garcia is very skilled. He's an accurate counterpuncher. He hits hard. This is on DAZN? This is on DAZN. So he, uh, also a question, did he sign a one-fight deal with DAZN? He did sign a one-fight deal for the idea of if he wins this, Maybe he would get Pacquiao on DAZN after Pacquiao's uh, PBC contract runs out. Um, this is suddenly, a, this is going to be a good action fight because Mikey's going to have to fight against this guy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It kind of, it snuck up on us when it was announced. We're like, oh, all right, Jesse Vargas is okay. But the reality is, well, go back and watch Jesse Vargas against Broner or against Delorme. Like, he brawls nowadays. He goes after it. Broner got arrested over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Very out of character for him. It happened. It happened. Uh, go ahead, next. Anything else? You said a couple of these. Uh, yeah, I had a few other ones. Uh, what else? Let I me have do to... mine real quickly, and maybe it'll jog your memory. Uh, for me, don't forget, this coming weekend is uh, UFC Norfolk, which happens to be the flyweight title is going to be up for grabs. Devison Figueredo taking on Joseph Benavidez. 
Uh, Benavidez actually turns out with the odds makers a bit of a slight favorite. He's not like the uh, the prohibitive favorite, which I'm a little surprised by. Although Devison Figueroa is pretty good. His best win, if you ask me, is John Moraga. He I think he lost to Formiga in 2019. He has two more wins past that. I'm glad to see the the flyweight title back in rotation. So you don't think the division should have been folded? I wouldn't have cared if they did. Um, but if they're going to keep it around, give these guys fights. Give these guys I mean, fights. And I'll say this about Joseph Benavidez. Six years between title shots, he probably just didn't know what was going to happen. They nearly folded the division. I don't know if he's going to win, but I will say if he does, it would be a monumental achievement for him. He's one of the good guys in the sport. He's one of those long-time bridesmaids where you're like, that's a title contender type. Yeah. Like a, a guy who, a championship material. Just never got the chance. Who had to either to fight out of his weight class or fight the all-time best flyweight yes. ever in Demetrius Johnson. Well, finally, he's got a chance to put his own stamp well, on the division. He have to go through Cejudo to get there. It's interesting, even though you uh, beat him. Well, I mean, if he goes back to the division, we'll see. But the point being is, for at least Saturday, you, can know, you can't say, I've been stuck under the thumb of something else. Now is your chance to get ahead. So the flyweight title up for grabs in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, today is a happy birthday. Floyd Mayweather, Luke. Wow. 43. 43. He's been Good celebrating there, his, his birthday all weekend. He's been all over uh, Instagram and stuff. People ask him if he's going to come back. He gave the typical Floyd answers, which is no answer. But uh, in your heart of hearts, Luke, does this 43-year-old fight this calendar year? I don't Whether know. Whether it's Habib in a boxing match, Conor rematch. I've been so wrong about Floyd so many times. I just don't know. To be honest, there's part of me that's like, I'd be kind of interested to see who it is. What do you think about talk that Floyd is saying, I will box Conor and Habib on the same day, like one in the morning, one at night? Yeah, well, I mean, that's just, you know, silly. But Remember when Roy Jones did that bit where he, where he uh, beat up the guy and then he played basketball in the morning? And yeah, then, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll just say this. If he, if, he, if he really is able to win because he can train and do something kind of interesting, then fine. But I'm less interested in him just, you know, flying over to Japan, taking a paycheck to go beat up some, you know, essentially, uh, what do you want to say, flyweight or whatever. Even though he's the ultimate heel and villain, and he's made his his money and his... Number one villain in MMA is Floyd he's Mayweather. He's made his money and career on the idea of, like, I'm going to make you not like me, so you pay to see me lose. Mm -hmm. Would you be upset if he did, if he did add an actual loss in an actual fight in one of these sort of cheesy situations? I, I, uh... You know, late in his career. Like, he's a not going to be yes. fighting Crawford or Spence. He's actually, gonna... yes. If he overstayed his welcome and then, you know, everything he built went up in smoke because he just mishandled himself and everything about everything about what he was in his prime was so careful, it would be kind of like, dude, what what'd you, what'd you do that for? Like some cut against Connor in the rematch. Right. You, and couldn't, you, know, you couldn't invest your money elsewhere and, like, just, you know, get dividends from that. But What's your favorite uh, Floyd moment? His whole career? Yeah, I mean, we, we, you and I came of age in the boxing trade in the Mayweather era. When I, people always ask me, they go, when you're old and you have grandkids, and they're going to say, what'd you do for a living? They're going to say, Who, who'd you cover? I'm going to say uh, Floyd. I'm gonna I say will Floyd. say, because I did not think it was possible, not that he couldn't win, similar to this Fury and Wilder situation, when he stopped Ricky Hatton. Um, I know that's a little bit later in his career, but it's the one to me where... I thought Floyd just styled on him, yeah. and he looked unbelievable, and then the fact that he... Put his lights out in the, was it the eleventh round? If memory serves. Check hook, yeah. Um, Check left hook, it, it right. Was, it was face first into the corner. It wasn't prime, well, maybe kind of prime Floyd, but it was vintage Floyd, and it was Floyd at his very best. I'm still not going to ever get over, and obviously this win has aged so much better with Canelo becoming, you know, arguably the pound for pound king. But the ease in which 36 year old Mayweather beat Canelo. Yeah, but he had to. I know he Canelo drained was 23. Was, I know they he cut him down two pounds. I know he's 23, but look the ease. The he was clowning him at the end. Remember when Canelo missed and ran into the ropes? That's not what C.J. Ross had to say. That is true. All right, to close, <laughs> um, over odds and ends, over under. Uh, odds, yes. Oh, it's called. Hurry odds up, man! I got another show I got to do. Um, I popped over the weekend. I don't know if you saw 
Layla Ali, 42-year-old, arguably the greatest female boxer of all time. She was on ESPN to preview the Wilder Fury fight, and she said for the first time publicly, I would, I might fight and come back after being out of the game for, what, 11 or 12 years and fight Clarissa Shields mm-hmm. if the money is right. I think Clarissa that got the me. Out of her. Don't you? In theory, the younger prime fighter should, but Clarissa's now going down to like 54. What, she won her first title at 68. Layla Ali fought at 68 in her prime. I mean, look, the odds are against Layla Ali having success because she's been out for 11, 12 years, but what she said in that interview was that she has a whole lifestyle brand which is built on exercise and eating well. She hasn't been in the gym training, but she's been in the gym for the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I saw Clarissa Shields this weekend, and in passing, I I was talking to her, and she said that she hears that Layla's been training for more than a year for this sort of announcement. Mm. Knowing that Clarissa's building, knowing that there's potential, you know, pot of money there. Layla's never been a bad career manager of her own. Oh, she's 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 very impressive. always been good. Very impressive. You know what? I would believe that, actually. Would you pop for this? Because I would get super excited at this. I mean, the the Ali name and Layla was great. If that is true. If she's actually spent significant time waiting to get better, uh, and then, you know, sort of reclaim her physicality before making some kind of overture for it, yes. And the idea that uh, Clarissa doesn't really have anybody else right now on that level, and we, the we, idea that they, that they don't like each other. Now, they've been kind of talking trash over social media for a while. No, it's just that. She was, uh, Layla Lee was on Akin Barak show um, and just trashed Clarissa there. So, uh, I like a good beef. I like when, uh, you know, because... Oh, I know you like beef. If you're... <laughs> How dare you. If you're Clarissa and you're saying you're the... Quote, can we take the W out of quote? Can we just call her the GOAT? Yeah. Um, you, you should have to go through one of the greats. And I know she's 42, but hey. she's an Ali, bro. All right? Power's the last thing to go. Um, okay. I asked that to Jerry Cooney this weekend, and he came up and put his fist right in my you ever face. Seen, you ever held his hand? Yeah. Like, like shook yeah. it? Yeah. Dude has just, yeah. um, he's got some mitts on him. One of the nicest people, by the way, yes. in, in the entire sport. I'll see him today. He, uh, he has, does the show after mine. Uh, okay, they're put up the social so you know how to follow us and all that good stuff. Or to send Brian your dick pics. No, look, this is the end, okay? Once these Slovaks get on our show, it's over. All right? Is it on the screen? I just can't see it. What's the deal? There we go. Uh, so here's the deal as always. This is how you follow us on social and me and Brian on social uh, for Twitter and Instagram. And then below, Instagram and YouTube for Morning Combat. Like the video, give it a thumbs up, share it around. There is no other show. In combat Yeah, no like one's this doing one. this ish, okay? And I was told this. Merch is coming. Somebody, oh, I'll believe that when I see Somebody it. in the know has told me merch Dude, is seriously, coming. Seriously, I need to, I need to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I, need, I have a job out to go to. Other Please. people, you know. All right. Follow him on social. Follow me on social. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And tell a friend about Morning Combat. There is no show like this one. And we, uh, we hope you like it as much as we like making it. So, for Brian, I'm Luke. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.